Welcome back to Modern Day Disciples, aka MDD, the podcast where we hear real stories from modern day disciples. My name is Cameron Bernaga. I'm the youth minister at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in San Jose, California. And my name is Ana Fuentes. I'm the youth minister at St. Anthony Parish in San Jose, California. What's up, my dude? What up? How's it going, Kev? It's been a good week. Uh, I feel like we just... I feel like we just recorded an episode. Yeah, I feel like we just put out an episode, too. <laughs> um, so it's crazy that we're recording again, but... No, I'm you excited. guys, maybe sometime in the future we might post every Sunday on Sunday, but you know, we like to keep you guessing. Yeah, just like keep you keep, keep that <laughs> keep that mysterious like are they gonna is it up are, yet? Is, is it, it up? Not? Is it gonna be posted? <laughs> Should I listen to it right away? It's all I strategic. Don't know. It's not just because, you know, I'm late editing or anything. And like it's not that. Like just because Kev just has a really busy life <laughs> and we have busy lives and we it's it's all strategic. It's, it's strategic. All strategic. <laughs> it is intentional. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Everyone's like, sure. We realized today, um, actually, mm. thanks to our guests, they're like, how many episodes have you done total? This is how episode, many? we've done 12 in the first season. Okay. And this, and this is, is episode six. Se- six. This is six. Six. I can count. Are um, you going to see seven? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so this would be episode 18 in total. That's crazy. What's going to be wild is that when we finish the second season, that's 12 episodes, first season, 12 episodes, second season, that's going to be 24 episodes, which means you can listen to us for an entire 24 hour period. Yeah. Just start it. And then, and then just the, the entire day, just listen to us every waking moment when you were sleeping. That's really crazy. Cause that's a f- crazy. A flight from here to like, even like London is 10 hours, right? That, would, f- that wouldn't even be half of what our episodes Whoa. would be. Isn't that crazy? That's you could fly wild. to London and back like twice. <laughs> <laughs> and just listen to MDD. listen to us the whole time. <laughs> no, so like it's it's cool to reflect back because I don't think we often do that. We don't mm. often think of the episodes that have been or... The stories that have been told or... Yeah. Witnesses of Christ that we've come to know. And some some of them we knew. Some of them were just... We got to know right then and there. And it's amazing like how everyone's story is so different, but the message of love is the same. Ooh, you know? Kev. <laughs> Dropping so. truth bombs already. Whatever, man. <laughs> uh, so how, how has your week been? It was good. I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything particularly kind of stood out. You okay, know, it's, okay. it's one of those weeks where it's like, you just go through it. It's you have, life, man. It's life. You it's have life. meetings, you have, I have work, um, and I have like all these different other things. But um, I think something that stood out to me was, uh I, I had a surprise we had a surprise visit um from one of our previous guests his name is john um oh. and so he's yeah we had a surprise visit from him and um I, it just it was just very cool being able to see him because i don't get to see him as often mm. um as you know i want to and uh we have very busy lives uh but when he did stop by he did give um a little insight for me or for us to really think about and the just future. yeah just thinking about the future and uh, made me really reflect on on ministry you know mm. and ministry and how how long ministry is going to last for me you know or if that's, that makes- that's that's I, I know that that may sound scary or ominous or mysterious um but what i like about john and mm-hmm. in, th- in that conversation was that he tells it like it is and he's also like it's so full of care and concern for us very much so he was Definitely. talking about the youth ministers especially the young youth ministers in this diocese and his concern about our futures and knowing full well that ministry itself doesn't you know pay the most and so 
in terms of sustainability, it's ridiculously difficult. When it comes to like, you know, cost of living and actually like if you're if you're planning to maybe start like a family, start planning for your future, how are you going to support your kids, this and that and your your whole family. Um, ministry definitely isn't it doesn't cut uh, it it doesn't cut it um it does it does pay in other ways though mm. um which i feel like we've we've definitely witnessed and um through other people that have been on this podcast and in, even in our own lives um but he's right like it, it made me it made us start thinking about just the future and just to keep it in mind like not to forget like you know, it's easy to be in the present and know that yeah. what's going to happen now. But f- even from him, he's been in the ministry for, for years. You know, he's been doing youth ministry for, for and music ministry for many years. And just to get his insight on how he cares about us that much to be like, you know, like start thinking about, you know, what else, what else could you be, could, you know, could, could you your, do? Could you do? Could your skill set allow you to do? Exactly. For, for the future. You know, it's not to put down any youth ministers or any ministers out there that do do their ministry obviously we love our ministries and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna continue to do them but just to put you know to plant a seed of 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 thought yeah and it definitely just put things in perspective and like i love hearing wisdom from john monogdo oh yeah he's the kind of guy like oh he's such a dad he gets mad when i say that <laughs> so john you're such a dad <laughs> he's listening to this like whatever <laughs> no i give him such a hard time but i I, I appreciate him so much mm. because he tells it like it is. Even when I don't want to hear it like it is, like sometimes I'm like, John, stop. Like, don't ask those questions. Don't ask questions that I don't want to answer. Exactly. But he's he's a good guy like that. And he just, he cares deeply. And so, so we, we really appreciate him. Yeah. So just seeing him, seeing him this past week and um, being able to talk a little bit about um, his life and what he's been up to. I guess that was the highlight of my week. Nice. Nice. Uh, how about you, Anna? What was anything stand out to you this week so (laughs) so uh in our in our ministry program um for our high schoolers we do this thing we did it three years ago and then we did a different version we do a valentine's day special oh oh so it's a a special social for our high schoolers um three years ago we did the dating game two years ago we did a version of the bachelor and bachelorette (laughs) has anybody in your ministry actually like ended up together from this any interests uh, any or was it just all fun for them no like, it's all just fun and games um i mean we emphasize that it's not like we're trying to like actually set them up that would be a little <laughs> weird really weird um but the way it works is for those that don't know the dating game is a game dating game show from like the 60s i think yeah. um 80s i don't know it's old <laughs> is it like one of those like contestant one what do you like to do on yes, saturday nights yes. i like to go to adoration <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh it's so hot <laughs> i like to pray too <laughs> like that yes exactly okay um so we had um there's a screen between them so you have your contestant and then there's a screen so they can't see who the bachelors are Mm -hmm. um and then if it's a girl there's a screen and she can't she can't see who the bachelors are he can't say who who the bachelorettes are yeah and so it's like you had you had your contestants and then we had this list of questions that they can choose from like bachelor number one and we came up with a list of like 33 questions um and actually i'm gonna just read a few of them yeah just because they were ridiculous Ooh, kev can what? i ask you sure oh let's not, go please. let's go dating game questions with kev <laughs> um okay give me a good one pick a number between one and 33 one and 33 i gotta choose 33 <laughs> if you were arrested with no explanation what would your friends and family think you had done if i was arrested with no explanation what would my family and friends think I would have done or I had done? Oh, that's a good one. I think if I were arrested, 
I feel like my family and friends would think I was framed of something, like something. Really? Like I know my parents would be like, "Not my son, <laughs> no, not him." You know, he's a good boy. Uh, it's like very. No, my mom doesn't have a big accent like that. <laughs> but I it's just, funnier than <laughs> she does. <laughs> so I, I, I think my friends would be like, "He probably." Um, I think my parents would think that I got arrested for trespassing. Trespass. Well, not that I've done that ever in my life. Can I? Can I do another one? Yes. Yes. Number, okay. I like the number twenty. 24 Ooh, i love that number two what is your favorite possession oh my favorite possession it's my rosary oh, hands down Kev. it's my it's my rosary that's oh it's dude. like it's the it's you know when you have your go-to rosary and so this rosary is special to me because um i i got it from my mom right mm-hmm. so my mom gave it to me that was number one and then um my mom got sick over the years like a couple times and and so when she was in the hospital like i would give it back to her and she would use it to pray um but then Dang. when i got it back when she got better um i started going on these trips i love to travel i have a travel bug and so everywhere i went which were mostly holy places rome italy throughout italy and then um jerusalem and um spain and all these places where saints are and um great churches are relics and stuff um i just take it and i kind of like just touch it to mostly everything there um so if there's a relic i'll touch it to the relic so it becomes a third class relic itself or a second class third I've, i forgot but um i've taken it i've dipped it into the jordan river Yo. like i've like i legitly stand in the jordan river and i just dropped it and i just picked it back up and um so it's 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 definitely my favorite possession that's awesome you favorite possession how do i even follow that <laughs> um ooh, i think i think my favorite possession um the first thing that comes to mind is my camera oh, okay and it's not like I have several cameras that I use right now. Um, and so it's not the attachment to the camera itself. It's the memories. It's the it? memories behind it. Like there's this one camera I have. I literally very short story. Sorry. I know we're going off this no, tangent a little bit, but very short story. It was my sophomore year in college. It was very rainy. We decided to go to the beach. Yeah. We go to Half Moon Bay and you know it's 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 very moody and i'm like yo mm-hmm. this is sick it looks majestic yeah. and we i i wanted to get a better photo i wanted to get a better photo so there's these cliffs it's kind of muddy and i i climbed down a little down, down these cliffs okay and i'm there and i realize it's so muddy i can't climb back up i am slipping and if I fall, I am falling into the ocean. I am dying. There are rocks. I'm dead. So you're stuck. Yeah. Life or death situation here. And <laughs> so crazy. what I did, I, I took off my shoes. I throw my shoes up onto the cliff. Are you by yourself? I'm with my two friends, oh, Kendra right. and Kelly. Okay. And I take my camera. This is how serious it was. I would literally throw my camera to them. Like they could not catch it. It could roll down the cliff. I could throw it bad. I throw them my camera and I like dig my hands into the mud. I'm digging my feet. If my feet slip, I'm dying. Yeah. And I like eventually I, I'm able to grab their hands and they pull me up onto the cliff. I was so grateful to be alive. I kissed the ground. I kissed the ground and just like hugged my friends. And I was like, I could have died for a photo. Like, Anna, you're stupid. That was fun to look back on. But you were stupid in that moment. Oh my goodness. Real question though. How was that photo? It wasn't that great. <laughs> It's the worst part. People always ask, wait, so was it a cool photo? No, it looks better from the up top. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but just that camera has been with me everywhere. It's been wow. with me to Yosemite, yeah. World Youth Day. Um, it's 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 gone with me everywhere. And so similar in a different kind of way. Yeah. Um, just the memories that have been captured with that camera. Like it'll always be 
like I walked across California with that camera. Like mm. I've captured so many life moments with it. And so it's precious. It's precious yeah, in a way. Definitely. What's funny about that question is when the teens asked each other it, like, what is your favorite bachelor number three? What is your favorite possession? Homeboy wrote you. <gasps> oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he said that? <laughs> she she no possession, bro. <laughs> <laughs> buddy, buddy, you ain't gotta do it like that. <laughs> um, but no, it was just fun seeing the kids like ask each other these questions and like be goofy about it. Um awesome. and then like they pick their date. Like they pick their date uh-huh. and then they're the next youth group they're gonna go on like a quote unquote mini date where we're gonna set up a separate table for them, do some candles, some flowers, do some conversation starter. <laughs> this is so cute. I love this idea. It's funny and they, they have such a good time with it because it's like watching a, like a dating game show i yeah. mean it's just entertaining um it's all lighthearted stuff so yeah no Nothing serious yeah. hannah is gonna go on a date with Vinny. okay um they're two of my leaders which is funny and then joey is gonna go on a date with one of my students ally and so wow. yeah if you if you have time say a prayer for their dates <laughs> i will i will i'll pray for that and that it's flourishing and fruitful and <laughs> yeah just build community through through, through dating exactly (laughs) all right cool um yeah no it was it was a good time so would you like to open us in prayer i'd love to open us in prayer in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen come holy spirit come holy spirit we thank you, Lord, for this past week, and we thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you bestowed upon us. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for this ministry of MDD and for giving us the grace to continue this this podcast, this ministry um, for this greater diocese. Um, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of family, the gift of friends, and the gift of community. We especially pray, Lord, for our guest this week. We ask you to pour your graces down upon him that you may open his heart, his mind, that through his witness and through his experience of ministry, that through his stories, people can learn to grow closer to you. Um, Be with us, Lord, as we get to listen to this encounter. Um, In your name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Drop that beat, though. And we're back with episode six. Yo, dude, this once we're finished with this episode, we're halfway through season two. And that's it. And that's it. And we're done season two, guys. We are not continuing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, people, if we actually stop, I I, I, like, I fear the masses. <laughs> Do you? I, yeah. No, like there are certain people who like, I mean, low-key jokingly have threatened us. Like if you stop, like, I mean, not like they're going to kill us, but like it feels like they might. Mm. It might get a little, little, little persecution if we stop. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> so we're on episode six now. Um, dude, I'm stoked for this guest. Yo, I, this is another legend, if I, if I, I may would, say so. I would say so too. Another, another just great veteran in, in ministry. Dude, so this exciting. guy, this guy. Okay, so I want... If, if do you remember where you met this guy first i feel like he's he's also kind of always been around that's the thing like i was trying to think about how i first met him and i didn't i can't pinpoint the exact moment when we first introduced ourselves to each other um i don't know whether it was like dyr or 
I don't know. Do you remember? I don't remember when I met him in person. I remember when I when I met him online. Oh. Which sounds so funny. Wow. So when I started as a youth minister in this diocese in 2016, okay. um, a mutual friend knew a friend who was like a previous um a previous youth minister in this diocese. Mm-hmm. Ali Torres? Ali Torres, yeah. Yes. Okay. So I actually I don't think I've ever met her personally. Um oh, but she's great. You'd love her. <laughs> yeah, she went to a life teen camp with someone that I grew up with. And so she introduced me into the Facebook group and she was like, This is Anna, she's new to youth ministry in this diocese, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Like, welcome her. This guy, our guest, adds me on Facebook. I'd never met the dude, and I was like, Who is this dude? Like, and I so my first quote unquote like interaction with him mm-hmm. was stalking him on Facebook Whoa. and be like, Who is this dude that just added me when he doesn't know me? Obviously he's a youth minister. Uh-huh. And like I like went through his page his picture. Just threw it on. Yeah, like, literally who is just he? went through all his and What pictures. was your impression? I was like, he's such a nerd. <laughs> in like the most endearing way like he's like nodding right now like yeah (laughs) that's right that's true (laughs) but i what i appreciated about i mean i know it was a very um it was a very small gesture but in that it meant that he wanted to truly welcome me into this diocese Mm. coming in as a new new youth minister i was very nervous i was very like i don't know if this community is right for me and even like my first interaction with him i was at some diocesan meeting at the chancery yeah and this guy was just so excited to meet anyone. You know what I mean? He, yeah. when he, he meets you, he's very excited. He's very intentional, like to welcome you into this community. Mm. He's not the kind of guy where like, no, 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 this is exclusive. This is just us. Oh and, no. Like, you're over there. No, he's the opposite of that. Complete. Like I can, I can already picture him like at like meeting a new youth minister and be like, Hey, like welcome. Like this is blah, blah, blah. Like just start introducing them to yeah. everyone. Um, I think, I don't know. When I first met him, but I think it was working together on like DYR or um, they were actually a part of the very first MSDYR, the middle school diocesan youth retreat back in 2018. Um, and it's crazy because I know his sister really well. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So his sister, uh, Melanie, is my oldest friend ever. Like Whoa. oldest friend. So what, she, is it, wait, what does that mean? She oldest com- friend. She comes up to me and she's like, hey, you know, I consider you my like the longest person I've known, like my oldest friend. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like. Dude, we were in the same first grade class at Holy oh. Family. And I was, I had no clue. I had no clue. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's, I, Yo, yeah, it's that's crazy. awesome. But no, this, this brother, we've, we've been through quite a few things and, um, just, it's been amazing to look up to him as a minister and get to know him more. And I'm excited to hear his story. Absolutely. I'm so happy to have him here. Shall we get down to it? Let's get down to it. Without further ado, we, we have, have- Chris Martisich. Hey, friends. How's it going? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That voice, though. I know. So deep. Do you remember the first time that, that we met? Honestly, Kevin, I, I don't remember. I um, either. But I do remember us working together in so many capacities. Exactly. One of them was DYR. That's and, right. And um, if I remember correctly, the very first time I got involved in DYR, I was immediately on the team. Yeah. That's weird how that works. That was your first time? Uh, yes. DYR? I served the um, as a assistant director of um liturgy that's with him that's how i met you what and year perhaps was this? yes that y'all was, that I was mean, 2015 2015 it, my memory yeah. just kind of over the years it, you know like, it just blends together it blends it, together well, well you were talking about something earlier in the intro about you know something in like the show in the 80s being old i was born in the 80s guys i'm what? like this is <gasps> okay maybe- so here's the thing about chris martisich guys i mean i know that this is an audio podcast <laughs> go look at the photo on our instagram page homeboy doesn't look how old are you <laughs> i'm 
31 for the record. No way. Whoa. Homeboy Not- doesn't look 31. I if okay, honestly, if I had to guess your age, I think I would guess 25. 25, yeah. 25. For sure. <laughs> like he's I mean, you you got a baby face. Like you look so young. Thank you. It, well, you know, I I get it from my mother who is Filipino, and uh, I can't really grow facial hair, at least one facial hair that looks normal and no, acceptable by society. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right so there with you. I consider it, you know, maybe that's why I'm in, in youth ministry. I can help relate to the youth a little bit longer. And, and uh, when you have you that know, face, that friendly face, they're like, OMG, like, he's one of us. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> one of us. Except 1988. 1988. Born. Correct. Yeah. December. So um, I've been I've been around. For a while, and and it's getting to the point in ministry where my teens are not um, afraid uh, mm-hmm. to remind me of that, and so I'll walk into my office door. I've got this um, a whiteboard marker right in front of my office, uh-huh. and I'll usually use that for my staff, saying, "Hey, I'm at a staff meeting, or I'm at the chancery, or mm-hmm. I'm away for a weekend retreat." Sometimes the the teens, middle school, high school, will erase that, and uh, they'll just write, you know, Chris is 31, haha, you know, or uh, <laughs> you know, Chris is away, and uh, you know, this teen is in charge approved by chris you know and it's just it's like okay all right of course you know what that's that's the dream though that is the dream we want i I keep telling the teens one day i need a replacement okay Mm. and isn't that the goal it is it is the goal to to raise to to raise up youth ministers to raise our replacements and i'm not afraid to remind (laughs) to plant the seeds you know oh Um, for sure that's what discipleship is all about is that you're always looking for the next um timothy Right. If I'm yeah. a Paul, I'm always looking for who's Timothy. Who's my Timothy? This guy. This guy. So just to, I mean, I know he's already going deep, but let's let's introduce this guy a little bit. So he's, um, so Chris has been uh, the youth ministry director at Holy Family for the past year and a few months. Year and a few months. It's it's the return of the prodigal son in the, a way. Yes. <laughs> oh my good. This is the Holy Family. Oh gosh, come on, this guy. But he's been doing youth ministry in total, including volunteer like years, for about fifteen years now. That's correct. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness, dude. So that's what that's what we mean when we said this guy's a veteran, guys. <laughs> like yeah. homeboy's been in it for a minute. Whoa, he's yo, been I got bars. I got bars. <laughs> we also know that, um, like Anna was saying, he's a giant. Nerd. <laughs> proud of it, um, y'all. Proud of it. We happen to know that he's a huge Star Wars fan. Is that true? I, you know, I could be a better Star Wars fan, but I am definitely a Star Wars fan. So I see. I will watch YouTube videos of, about the Star Wars background and and kind of you know, okay, tell me what, about the story of Anakin, you know, and and the dark side and and uh, these these characters that are really in the comic books, but they're not in the movies. But mm-hmm. you know, what what's canon approved now that mm-hmm. uh, he's Disney already lost takeover? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm a Star Wars geek, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's a passion. May the force be with you. And with your spirit. Yes! <laughs> and with your spirit. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> this so is the way. We have a little quiz to test your knowledge of Star Wars. Ooh. So as, we, a, as the Emperor says, do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's such a nerd. <laughs> so Anna has the Star Wars ones. I have the Mandalorian quiz questions. Okay. Oh, so have you I'm guessing you've seen it. I did see the Mandalorian. It was it was awesome. Awesome. Can't wait to see season two. Yeah. Okay, so first question. I'm gonna it's multiple choice. Um, which actor is the only one who has appeared in every single Star Wars movie to date? Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, or Warwick Davis? I believe that's Anthony Daniels who plays C three PO. That's correct. That's cor- this guy. Yes, he's been in every and he's been the original guy every time, mm-hmm. right? That's every, awesome. Even in these updated ones. Um Mandalorian question. What is the name? 
of the Mandalorian. Jango Fett, Boba Fett, Jin Erso, and Din Jarin. I'm so sorry. I haven't seen the whole series yet, so I have no idea. I believe his name is Din. Din. He reveals his name at the in the last uh, episode. Is that right? That is correct. It's <laughs> Din. Nice. Okay. So according to the Emperor, what was Luke Skywalker's weakness? His faith in the light side of the Force, his faith in his friends, his lack of vision, or his resistance to the dark side of the Force? His faith in his friends. Yo. I wouldn't have guessed that. Me neither. (laughs) That's awesome. What famous Boba Fett phrase does the Mandalorian say in the fifth episode? Quote, these are the different options. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. As you wish. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. He's no good dead to me. I believe it's the last one. He's no good dead to me. That is. Could be wrong. Or I guess it's he's no good to me dead. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That is correct. Awesome. Where did the Clone Wars begin? Tatooine? Geonosis? Naboo? Or Coruscant? Coruscant? Coruscant. Um, it belie- I believe it began in Nab- Naboo. Oh, Geonosis. Oh, that's where they create the clones. Okay. Genesis. I thought you said croissant. Croissant? (laughs) Honestly, it felt like I said croissant. I don't know what these words are. (laughs) What era is the Mandalorian set in? Before the events of episode one, between the events of episode six and seven, after the events of episode 11, between the, or nine. What's the I and X? I then X? I and X, that's nine. Nine. After the events of episode nine, between the events of episode two and three. Can you say that one more this time? Is, yeah, no, yeah, of course. Is. This is a little difficult. Bef- so the Mandalorian takes place before the ep- events of episode one, between the events of episode six and seven, after the events of episode nine, and between the events of two and three. Okay, I, I understand. It would have taken wow. place after uh, between the episode six and seven, after the Death Star and the Fall of the Empire correct that's correct that's crazy to me i would never have gotten that also i just feel like he really thought that through like logically like no yeah this makes sense to me and it I'm was like, before this it was for him and this no. and i was listening to it, i was like this makes no sense to me <laughs> <laughs> last okay one. last one what did the ewoks think c3po was a friend a demon a god or a ghost they thought he was a god but we know there's yes. only one that's amen (laughs) oh back to the podcast this is a catholic podcast you guys know what it is (laughs) you know you can't be a youth minister for so long and not get the corny jokes that's true you got the you gotta have the dad jokes on lock i think Mm -hmm. that's a requirement so i think we just proved (laughs) how big of a fan he is of star wars we we proved that he is a certified (laughs) nerd um (laughs) all right so what do they call star star wars fans because you know there's trekkies but there's is there is there star warrior fandoms you know, I've I've never really thought about what they call the fans. Mm, you know, Star Warriors. There know. there oh, are some who who uh, believe you know the Force is is their faith is their religion. I think that's uh, um it's a <laughs> in Europe. You know, you can mark down. I'm a I'm, I'm a the Force. I'm a follower of the Force. Yeah, or I'm a Jedi. <laughs> oh my goodness! In Europe. Yes, that's what I that's heard. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Europe, they they do things over there. They they do things. They do things. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, that was that was amazing. That Good was job. impressive. Um, so we want to jump into it. We want to jump into your faith journey, your um, 
journey through the galaxy. Oh, <laughs> the galaxy we call life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Youth ministers. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So when when did it start, bro? Yeah, when was when the first did you time encounter Christ? Yeah. You know, when I hear that word or when I when I hear that question, um for me I, I can't really put my faith encounter into into a moment, mm. you know. Um, it's 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 more has been a journey and a process, and one that's mm. still ongoing for me in my life. Okay. Um, but I can tell you, growing up, um, I do have memories of of uh, praying every night, and mm. my dad teaching teaching us, me and my siblings, you know, to pray the Our Father, Glory be, Hail Mary, and then to pray for people. And um, I think that really helped me. Uh, at least when at a young age, feel connected to God. Mm-hmm. And then in my middle school years, you know, I just remember being able to relate to God as Father, you know, and and uh, having conversations with Him, you know, at a young age. And whenever I felt, you know, uh, afraid of the dark, or I, you know, I have I have this ter- crazy imagination, you know, and it's it's it, like ongoing. But like after seeing a scary movie, it, and, and you know, as a middle schooler, like you you see you think you see things in the dark, right? So I would um, not be able to sleep until. I um, opened up in prayer and said, God, you know, protect me. And I was just instilled into you at a young age. At a young age. And I just remember feeling so safe, um, Mm. you know, after um, just being connected and knowing that he was there. So what did that prayer look like? I mean, was was it our fathers, Hail Mary's, or was it more like just having a conversation with Christ? Very conversational. Um, When I was young, it was just, you know, like I I felt like I could talk to God as a friend, you know, um, or as a loving father. And... um, yeah, so less less formalized. Although I would pray those prayers, um, you did, know. Did you so feel long. like he was talking back? I felt like you know what it felt like. It's it's mm-hmm. like you're. Um, <laughs> you guys use the telephone, right? Yes. Well, we had the. Uh, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> this, this guy born let me tell the, you. This guy born in the eighties. You guys use a, a telephone, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, my older youth youth ministry uh, friends will uh, remember these days, but there was a time where, in order to use the internet, you had to. Um, not use the phone and so we had the 56k modem and aol instant messenger and all you know so uh i had an aim (laughs) you had had to use the uh the corded phone yes and um you know that's that's how you called up friends it felt prayer with with god at a young age felt like i was talking on the phone over um and there was someone on the line like they were listening just like that, that's just that silent, but like presence. The silent presence. And oh. I felt so secure and I felt like it was oh. received. Like I could just imagine a smile or, or someone just on the other end. I never thought of it that I way. I love that metaphor. Yeah. So it's like like dialing God's number, right? You know, the corny joke, what's his number? It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I think there's something special about that because I know that when, when I'm on the phone with a really close friend, mm-hmm. I think there's a level of a friendship where you can sit in comfortable silence with one another on the yeah. phone. Oh, most definitely. There's there's no need to to fill the space with words. There's no need to like oh like oh, I, I should say something. It's silent. Like I'm uncomfortable. There's that comfortable silence of like I don't have to say anything. They don't have to say anything. But I know that they're there, and exactly. that's enough. Yeah. And I feel like that's the image I'm, I'm, I'm that's coming to mind with you calling up God and be like, here I'm gonna talk to you, and you don't have to say anything back. But I just knowing you're there means the world. Absolutely. Mm. And I never thought of that. <laughs> so that was my my initial relationship with the Lord. Mm. Um, but something happened, you know, down the line of junior high and even my early years of uh, in high school. 
Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I forgot what that relationship was like, or, you know, I, I was growing in knowledge and um, mm. intellectually, like I just, I'm a big introvert. Some, sometimes uh, I get confused for an extrovert just because I can be on stage and yeah. um, I can go through the motions and I'm not afraid to talk in front of people. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still drained, you know? Yeah. And so um, I recharge by enjoying quiet time to myself. Um, I can spend a whole day, you know, just walking through uh, the Santa Cruz mountains and that'll be a good day without having had to talk to anybody. <laughs> wow. Um, Did you grow up here? I grew up here in here. San Jose. So I went okay. to Holy Family uh, okay. growing up from kindergarten onward. And that community kind of raised me. Wow. Um, and from there I went to St. Francis, but, um, somewhere in those, those junior year, like I, I was, I, I was a good student, like a goody two shoes almost. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, very, uh, you know, straight A's and not just get the job done, but do it well. Excel. Like Excel it, I yeah. might, I might have a project due the day after, like the next morning and I haven't started, but by golly, I'm going to lose as much sleep as I can to make sure that this is an A, <laughs> an A project. <laughs> oh no! So, which is not good yep. practice, but you know, that's that was me. And yeah. um, you know, going through uh, just like I don't even know if you call it perfectionism, but mm-hmm. um, but I had always wanted to um, perform well uh, in order to please my parents. You Did know? going to Catholic schools affect your affect your faith in any way? In some sense, yes, for for better and also for uh, for not better, um, if that makes sense. Okay. So I remember uh, my faith being fostered in middle school, um, you know, by going to mass and praying, and you know, having a, a, a very active community that Holy Family Parish is. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very involved, in, and we went to church every every week. But then um, when we went on to high school, that's when uh, just a brand new culture opened up to me and you're in a greater environment where there's a lot of opinions out there and a lot of thoughts and um you know i um just being uh, so being a a nerd uh i was also and still am a gamer okay and uh you know some of my favorite games to play growing up were counter-strike warcraft 3 you know um any rts strategy games and all that good stuff uh but along with the good stuff comes, uh, you know, there's a distinct culture in the internet world where people tend to be less um, pastoral to one another. <laughs> yeah, less pastoral, and less supportive, less what did that? What did that look like in reality to people who, might, I mean, myself included, who yeah. don't game or don't know what that world's really like? Sure. Well, it was. it's a community of people who, uh, well, at least at that time, you know, I'm not... Um, I don't have my own Discord channel or, or any uh, Let's Play videos, although I still you watch them. You don't them. stream on Twitch? No, although I should, you know. I got to I gotta show the younger generation, you know, put them in their place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Super Smash Bros., I'll take you out. This, don't worry, come on. This dude. There's a culture in which science and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, what can be proven is reason, held to a... Reason, logic. is held to a high standard. And I... Um, I consider myself very intellectual. I mean, you know, I think a lot, a lot. <laughs> my a lot of my life is in my head, and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I just remember on a on a very intellectual, philosophical level, as a freshman in high school, starting to ask the question: What what if the Bible isn't real? Mm-hmm. What if God isn't real? Yeah, you in know, high school. in high school, and I I had uh, an environment where um, those questions were being asked, and it was silly to talk about faith. Mm. even in Catholic high school. And so I started having these doubts. And um, I just, uh, I, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine um, at a birthday party or something, and, and, and it came up, you know, 
uh, Chris, what do you, do you think the Bible is actually real? You know? How did you respond? Do you remember? I do. I said, sadly, I don't think so. Oh, (laughs) wow. Uh, so like, I, I remember that being a very sad moment because, um, like, gosh, what had happened between my prayer life as a young child versus, um, you know, this high school years. And so it was, it was, uh, something that, okay, like maybe, maybe their faith isn't real and it didn't help to, um, uh, you know, not just the philosophical arguments against faith. And, and I know better now, like I can, I can articulate, mm. um, you know, reason and evidence to have faith. Like, this is why I love talking with atheistic, you know, teens who think they don't believe in God or that they think science and faith can't coexist. Are those your favorite teens? They are. Oh my gosh. Because I love to ask awesome. questions that I myself didn't get to ask that would have um, given me a um, uh, uh, more hope at the mm. time. How did this questioning, this this time of questioning and doubts come full circle back to yeah. believing, back to this does mean something. God is real. The Bible is real. Like, yeah. How did you manage to, to, to go through that? So, um, growing up in high school, I wasn't involved with too much extra, you know, I, I probably did the minimum amount required to be considered involved in extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. So I was part of the international club, you know, which meant like once a month I got free food, you know, (laughs) in the (laughs) classroom. interact? Or is that different? Uh, No, I think it's it's different. different. Yeah. Yeah. I did international International. Yeah. Interact. And then I was also a part of the chess club. Surprise. Oh, you play chess? Whoa. I love chess. You know, it's, it's a, a game of strategy. It's a game of strategy and, and knowing and reading people better mm. than the board itself. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, you get to learn a lot about how people think. Anyway, oh. let's let's this is my formal invitation to play chess to anyone out there listening. Um Hit him up. Hit me up. Yeah, or Counter-Strike or uh, Super Smash Brothers. I got my switch. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I was very not involved at all. And um, I, I'm not even sure, you know, I did have a group of friends at, at St. Francis, but definitely not as close as the friendships I had growing up in grade school, you know, because mm-hmm. you're with the same class of people for eight, nine, ten years for some of us. And so I would continue hanging out with them. And I realized at some point at St. Francis, like, oh man, um, I don't, I don't think I, I really have a community here. Mm. Um, and that's when I remember being reached out to by the youth minister of Holy Family, uh, several times, in fact. And um, the youth minister, um, I remember hearing about Life Teen and and this uh, youth group at Holy Family, uh, and I was invited to it right after eighth grade. I thought nothing of it, you know, and, and then eventually, like, I received a couple emails, or I would see um, the youth minister um, at church, and he'd invite me, and I'd be like, no way, this is, you guys are Jesus freaks, this is, I don't, I don't want to speak in tongues, and I, like, how, how is it fun to, you know, to talk about this for an hour and a half in church, like, yeah. I can, I can barely stand, you know, the homily <laughs> for, for 10 minutes. Um, you know, so I, I went to church, uh, obviously, because my family, you know, we, we went as much as we could, mm. um, at least, tr- you know, on a weekly basis. Um, but I just remember being reached out to by youth, youth group and, and, uh, um, oh, and then there was this one moment in sophomore year, um, I was tricked into going to youth group and Ooh. I felt, I was pretty salty about that <laughs> because, <laughs> um, I, uh, because I was involved with, uh, some of my school friends, uh, grade school friends. Um, one of them having a, was having a quinceanera. Okay. Yes. And so she invited me and, and a bunch of other um, classmates onto the, the team, or the, I don't know what you call it, quinceanera. Onto the um, oh, court. The court. The court, the court yes. Yeah. 
And it was, man, quinceañeras are like uh, weddings, you know? They really uh, are. No, they really are. Yeah. And, and not Shout only... Shout out to all my Latinas and Latinos out there. Seriously, <laughs> it is a uh, rite of passage. and But it's a lot of work, too. So, um, one, you know, uh, speaking of my fears of being in... Or anxiety of being around so many people. We had to choreograph a dance, so we're doing yep. like a ballroom dance, <laughs> like Cinderella. Like, Wait, oh, I would love bow. to see Chris Martisage in a quinceanera. Oh my goodness, it was. Um, we pulled it through somehow by the grace of God. Um, but I remember we would go into um, Natalie's house so that we okay. could we could practice. Natalie was the uh, the friend who uh, she, it was her quinceanera. It was her quinceanera. So on the way, um, I remember a parent of the group she offered to take us all um for an evening um for to practice choreography mm. what i didn't realize is on the way we were going to youth group what <laughs> wow so what, what a trick seriously i mean this was a mom uh you know she was passionate about youth you know youth ministry so and i'm gonna get all of them to go to youth group. <laughs> exactly that's a dedicated parent guys like it really is parents are not your enemies they are your <laughs> they are your catechist amen. <laughs> amen but catechist, i was yeah. still bitter i was still very oh, how dare you, and you the, so they brought you to holy family <laughs> we went to holy family and i was in the youth hall and um i sort of you know, i totally don't remember the topic of the night but i was sophomore going to youth group and not knowing anybody and this is this is you know weird and i was looking at my friends and like how you know we got we got tricked you know and i thought nothing of it i'm like all right this was cool i'm never coming back and let's get on with this uh with the choreography you know yeah so move on that's that was that was a a seed that was planted Mm. in my my heart so i I made it through my junior year of high school, um, mm-hmm. and um, near near the end, actually, I, um, I decided that at some point it was time to. Um, I don't know. I I decided that I uh, exit that. I need to ar- yeah. ar- articulate. Um, yeah. I had realized that I wanted um, a community of friends. Um, who were connected on on a deeper level than just the surface level of of you know the high sc- high school as normal high schoolers as are. normal high schoolers are yeah and yeah. and um you know some part of me just longed for something deeper mm-hmm. okay. and was just tired of uh, you know the on the surface relationships mm-hmm. and um you know it's just there was more there was more to friendship than just um there was something more yeah there was something more and so I decided uh, to um, email. Andrew Brown, my youth minister. Was he the youth minister at Holy Family? Yes. Yes, he was oh, my youth that's minister. that's so funny. So a junior emailed a youth minister, and um, I, I still have the emails. Um, <laughs> wow. But uh, it was something to the, to the extent of, hey, you know, my name is Chris. Yeah. Um, I go to St. Francis High School, and I was just wondering if I could um, learn more about youth group and what does it take to get involved. Whoa. As a youth minister, that would be an amazing email to receive. Dude, that would be the best email I've ever received. (laughs) To be like, wait, you on your own accord, not your parents, are emailing me to get involved. As a junior in high school. That's amazing. (laughs) That's right. So I sent him that email and he responded. He said, you know, no need to do anything. Just show up. You know, come this Sunday. Here's the schedule of events. And I remember looking at, um, you know, the the schedule. And and, um, I had intended to come, you know, on a certain Sunday and then... I kind of blew it off, and but I emailed Andrew. Sorry, I'm not coming today. <laughs> Next time, 
And um, I did eventually come, and I remember choosing a, a, a safe uh, youth night. It was a movie night, mm. and uh, I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want low pressure. Yeah, I don't need to. T- we don't need to go into the Jesus talk right now. But okay, uh, you're watching Superman. Great, I'm going to show up for that one. Okay. <laughs> nice. So I thought that was safe, and I remember the movie night. Um, what I remember about it was the moment I stepped into the hall. I remember being welcomed by. Um, the team, the core team. Right away. Right away, you know, with a smile. And not only that, um, you know, they're, they seemed different and interested in me being there. And they seemed happy that I was there. And um, I just remember one of my core members and my mentors and now f- good friend, uh, Paul, he was a core member. And uh, he, he really asked good questions. He asked uh, questions about me and getting to know me. And then he introduced me to other teens. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I felt immediately like welcomed. And I thought to myself, like, I, I think I can make, make friends at it. I think I want to get to know these people more. That's amazing. And, uh, there, there's a saying I've heard, um, that in our community, in the faith community, at mm-hmm. least with youth ministry, you know, it used to be that belief led to belonging. Um, but now in, in this culture, you need to first belong almost, mm-hmm. And that leads to belief. And I feel like that applied to me, that um, I was seeking community and connection. And then <laughs> along the way, my faith deepened and, and was strengthened. Not immediately, because I still had my struggles. I remember going into youth group um, as a high schooler, and um, like I'd, I'd talk to Andrew and even a priest at the time, Father Chad, Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I I need you to prove to me the existence of God because I'm you know like it's not working for it yeah, yeah it's not working for me and so I remember at at in those days you know you could go you know have one on one lunch <laughs> with your youth minister and that's yeah. what I did mm-hmm. um, and same with uh, you know uh, Father Chad and I remember um, well I don't quite remember what Andrew said um, but I do remember the uh, Father Chad talking about. St. Thomas Aquinas and, you know, the intellectual sh- uh, saint that he was and the five ways and uh, Summa Theologica and yeah. just the arguments that um, that weren't known to me uh, in defense of the faith and how it actually is rational to believe in God and to know that he exists and to have a relationship with him. It's completely rational. Oh, yeah. And, and that faith um, and science, faith and, and um, reason actually do go hand in hand. Reason yeah. is a gift of, of God, and our intellectual ability is, is a gift to be used. And so I had this, um, this notion that, oh, we Christians, we, we Catholics actually, we look down on um, you know, the sciences, but really it's that's... Completely some false. of the greatest oh, yeah. scientists have been priests a, a priest literally invented the scientific method that's right trying to tell me that the church and science are like a, a jesuit priest created enemies. the big bang theory yeah come on now come on it's, now come on now exactly and 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 just you know what the church allows us to believe and and uh, to take from scripture too as well um like that opened up my mind um where in high school like you this there was a perception that the catholic church is just like all the other Christian denominations, mm. right? And and that's that's a sign of poor formation, you know, on not just in our Catholic schools side, but like just wow, we we could use better catechesis, you know, yeah. and our families could be better taught. Better you know? apologists. That m- yeah. Majority, if not all, of the Christian denominations stemmed from us. 
Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. they did. Period. <laughs> um, really quickly, I wanted you to, if you if you don't mind, yeah. um, for those that aren't familiar with Saint Thomas Aquinas and the the rationality beyond behind our faith, mm-hmm. um, could you give like a Spark Notes elevator pitch of why it is rational to believe in God? Because I, I, I truly believe that um, there are some listeners right now who are like. I'm listening to this because like, I'm interested. I still don't know, though. Mm. I still don't know if I actually believe in God. And when you, I mean, obviously the Summa is like for theologians, right? It's <laughs> so like reading through it, you're like, whoa, this is This is intense. intimidating. Like, yeah, like how would you tell someone who's a high schooler like you were? Yeah. Well, there's so many ways to approach it, you yeah. know? And in my experience, having conversations with youth and also fellow friends who don't believe in God or who struggle, mm-hmm. you know, there's usually a story behind the why, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it is a um, intellectual struggle. Um, more often than not, it's an internal hurt um, or something they've experienced that 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 causes them to reject the existence of God, yeah. usually evil or some sort of tragedy in the family. And, you know, the problem of evil, that's, that's something that can't really be answered you know, it's it, in a way, it's still a mystery. Yet, it also says something to the point of how God, how much God loves us, so as to give us the free will to choose Him or to choose against His Absolutely. will. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and um, that is something that that people usually struggle with the problem of evil. Um, but I truly believe you can't have true love uh, without true will, without true, free, total, faithful, to fruitful choose. decision. Yeah, to choose to love. But when you think about all of all there is to know, you know, in all of existence and, yeah. and, and the capacity of what, what we know as humans in the universe, there's so much out there that we don't know, mm. right? And in this um, realm of what there still is left to discover, you know what I mean? Um, it would be a very selfish and a very poor decision to say that God cannot possibly exist. And a, a good scientist or a good philosopher won't, you know, would not make that claim so confidently. Yeah. But then too, you have to, for, for me, it actually goes back to um, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to make a decision, you know, who is Jesus? Because he makes a pretty bold claim in scripture and uh, that claim changed the course of history. The claim was that he was God, Yeah. right? And uh, something that, you know, atheists really need to address is, is, is Jesus who he says he is, right? And C.S. Lewis, he, he gives a, C.S. Lewis says Jesus only gives you three options, right? He's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he is who he says he is, mm. right? And so if you use the miracles, if you use, um, you know, the, the prophecies of Scripture, if you use, um, you know, if you start from that argument, um, I think it it can produce a fruitful conversation um, f- as far as arguing for the existence of God. Most definitely. Um, you know, that's one of many, many ways, though. So I would yeah. say, you know, some you got to figure out what the other person's story is, mm. right? And then you can point out where God is in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, that's why they call it faith. I mean, you can explain the rationality of it as as, as fully as you want to, yeah. but at the end of the day, there is a leap of faith. When I, especially with my middle schoolers, because a lot of them are questioning right, right now. That is that is the age in which they question and really doubt and mm-hmm. are asking these big questions, like, "Does God even exist?" Is that like you got to ask them where they're at? Like, yeah. 
ask them about their own lives and where they see God, where they, they feel love in their lives. And I think it is important to start there because you can, I mean, and then you can go into, like you're saying, like Christ's story. Like there is no one, atheist included, who like don't believe in the historical Jesus. Mm-hmm. We know for a fact, historical Jesus, Jesus as a man existed. Where the faith comes in is like, do you believe in the resurrection? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that he was not only crucified, but that he he rose again? Like that's the part that is the that is a pivotal part of our faith. If there was no resurrection, Jesus was just a dude. Yeah, I mean, a great dude. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I don't know. That's where it changes things. That's where it changes our entire lives. And I think that's also kind of. I mean, it is what makes our faith so beautiful. That it is a mystery. You know, it's the Absolutely. mystery of faith, right? And so if we knew everything, if because I, nowadays, especially working with youth, like we want to be able to, we're sensory people. We, we want to touch things. We want to see things. We mm. want to hear things. And that's how we know it's real. But because it's a mystery, um, that's what makes it faith. You know, if we could touch it, if we could see it, if we could hear it, it's, it would be fact. Absolutely. Right? And that's the difference between fact and faith. Yo, let's go, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> he, he he went he, there. He he said he said reverse uno. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's um yeah. that's what's beautiful about our faith and yes. the difference. And and ultimately, I mean, you can argue the heck out of um you know the existence of God, but I truly think that conversion is more uh, effective when you have a relationship, you know, with mm-hmm. those that you are conversing with, yeah. you know, and that's certainly my story. Um, I remember continuing, you know, I, I don't quite remember the talks or being convinced right away after those, the, you know, hanging out and having a conversation with my youth minister that, oh, oh, you're right. Yep. God exists. Okay, great. No, it was something over time. It was like gradual. Yes. And what I, what I remember more so than the arguments was their capacity to listen to me, mm-hmm. a teen yeah, and journey with me. And I felt like I was listened to. And out of that, that's where I continued to be involved in community. I ended up going to Steuben, my first Steubenville experience at the end of my junior year. I was freaked out by it, honestly. <laughs> um, but uh, I still came back. And, and then eventually I, I became a leader uh, for middle school ministry when uh, my other youth minister, so Holy Family once had two youth ministers. Whoa. Yeah, one for high school and one for middle school. Okay. And I remember being invited by uh, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay West. Lindsay West. Yes. Lindsay West and um, uh, Andrew Bound worked together. They worked together. Uh huh. And so they were my mentors. They really, really poured a lot into me, um, into the whole core team, a lot of love and dedication and just time and, and talent. Um, but then I got, I got put to work as an edge core leader, you know, for mm, middle school awesome. and senior year. You know, and you should have, you should see, like, I struggled with giving talks, you know, in front of, in front of middle school youth. And I read from the paper and I was, hands were shaky, Yeah. you know, and, um, but, but, but she believed in me. Lindsay was a good mentor and so was Andrew. Um, but they continued to encourage me yeah. and even let me stumble along the way. Let you mm. learn. Let me let learn. Let you learn and grow. And then eventually I, I, I took over and became the middle school youth minister, you know. After wow. a couple of years. That's amazing, brother. That's 
really cruel. Yeah. And you're right. Like now that I think about my growing up in ministry, I don't remember the talks. I don't remember the lessons that they taught or like the PowerPoints or all those things. But I remember the relationships that I had Mm -hmm. and how, you know, just even just spending time with with my leaders and them. You're right. Being able to talk to them and them not looking down on me for really kind of walking beside me and absolutely it just it makes a huge difference i i tell uh my core team all the time uh you know as how important relationships are mm. christ-centered relationships I, I i tell them like i bet you can't name the top five talks that transform your life but you can you can name the top five people who have impacted you oh, right let's go you know and Chris. so like i i just only speak from experience and what you know what had um impacted me you know, and I, th- I think that's why I'm so passionate about youth ministries because I still feel like um, that struggle is real. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I can, like, my heart goes out to to young people who experience that, you know, and what they're really looking for is companionship and mentorship and someone to believe in them. So you, I mean, went from, from this young teen that was, that was questioning, that was really doubting and like doubting the rationality. Is it rational to believe in God to someone who, who's really poured into and really mentored up in the faith? And, and like, like you're saying that, I think that speaks a lot to me is, is a community aspect. That was the reason I kept going to church when I was in high school. Mm. It wasn't because I was, I mean, yes, I was developing a relationship with Christ, but at the end of the day, what was attractive about youth ministry was here are people who actually care about me and who know me and see me for me because mm-hmm. I didn't feel that in school. I didn't feel that um, even with my family at times, but when I was at in youth ministry, these friends, they knew my hurt, they knew my pain and they loved me. Mm-hmm. And like, Definitely. that's what made a difference in my life. And I saw Christ through them. I saw Christ working through them. And like the days when I felt like I just like, I wanted to give up and I was an angsty teen and all these things, but like they were there for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you how do you now that you're a youth minister now that you've you've developed that relationship with christ how do you pour that into your own students how do you pour that into how you minister to them and how you build them up to minister to one another Mm. well i think it first begins with realizing that you don't do the work it's christ's work amen you know and um he chooses to work through us praise god for that because if I only had me to give, <laughs> we'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Amen. <Right>? Retweet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and it's uh, you know pouring, working on your own relationship with the Lord, and realizing um, that your testimony, your story, and your faith in Christ is what they need to see. Mm. You know, and um, I think over the years, just trusting that um, if I'm planting the seeds by being a witness the teens, hopefully that will rub off. I, I used to, you know, I remember years ago, you know, my first couple retreats and planning and preparation, I'm like, okay, we need to do this, this, and this, and this needs to happen, and adoration These needs to happen on time, yeah. and we're going to have five priests, you know, available for our, you know, 20, a 30 teen retreat, and they're going to, because of that, they're going to encounter God, and really, it's, it's not that at all. Um, I remember uh, I was a summer camp leader. Um, I was a summer missionary, as they call it, uh, for a life teen summer camp. Oh, and, I didn't um, know that. That's awesome. I, I received a lot of formation. I learned a lot. And I remember having a conversation with a um, mentor, and um, his name was Ryan. He said, Chris, at the end of the day, at the end of your life, God is really only after your heart. 
you know, and he's not after anything you can offer him first, right? He doesn't need you, um, but he chooses you. And so if by working on that, you know, which I'll be honest, I still like, I've st- it's still an ongoing um, uh, <laughs> working relationship, trying to know the love of God and the face of God and to hear his voice. But I know pouring out that love into um, my core team and to our teenagers, it starts with that, you know. Um, and then the power of, of, of presence. You know, it, like, as a church, we, have, we can offer so much that the world can't, you know. And right now, the, the, the world is struggling with being present to one another. Amen. And so pro- providing an environment where we can just be, you know, whether it's just hanging out in the youth lounge and all of a sudden, you know, teens are walking from the mall, they decide to visit. Like, oh, that's awesome. Great. Like, Christ can work in that, yeah. in, in, in the laughter, you know, and just knowing that um, these teens, knowing that they have a home at the church, you know, it speaks volumes because I know it did to me. It's, it's amazing hearing you talk about your own ministry in that way because you're right. I, I see how your own formation in high school has has formed you in such a way to offer that same thing to teens of today like there are teens i'm sure that you're interacting with that are just like you in high school that same questioning doubtful like okay no 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 hold on what does this really mean and they are blessed to know you and you were blessed to have Lindsay and andrew and father chad in your life it's it's kind of similar to what we saw in Rose episode yeah, where it's that it's just passing it down. It's yes. that passing down Generation. of the faith. Like it's it's amazing. <sighs> it's so inspiring because it's that, that's why our faith has has survived or like this faith of the Catholic Church has survived for it's so long. It's been passed down for 2000 plus years. People yeah. have that encounter, they realize the truth and they just they pass that pass it down because they we care about each other. We love each other mm. enough to pass on that love, you know. It it reminds me of like the apostolic succession of the popes, right? <laughs> It's like you have that with the popes mm-hmm. and it's like, it's almost like the equivalent for like these disciples of Christ. Yes. Like Jesus calls out to go out and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And that is what you are doing through your ministry. That's what we are called to do through our ministry Definitely. and not even just ministry in life. When you believe in Christ, you believe in Christ in such a way that it changes your life. You can no longer be the same as from before when you didn't know Christ, mm-hmm. because if you truly know Christ, your life has to change. There is no being the same. There is no the same old, same old. Like, no, it changed in such a way that you not only want to share that with others, you need, need to, to yeah. share it with others. Amen. And there's there's a freedom in that. And there's also a fear in that. Like, when you trust yes. in the Lord and you realize, you know, this this position, youth ministry director, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be forever for me. Yeah. You know, God willing, I hope to be a youth minister forever because it's something I love. And yeah. 10 years is an awfully long time. And I hope another 10, you know, 20, 30 years. But I also have to be open to the fact that God may move me one day. Yeah. And that's why I'm always planting the seeds. And, and my teens know. Anyone li- you don't know. It, yeah, yeah, I always let them know. You're going to take my job one day. Yeah. And some of them make fun of me for it. And some of them are like, yep, I'm, I'm going to take your job one day. Uh, but you always have to, to move forward in, I guess, in humility, realizing this is, this is just a seat, you know, that it one is. day I'm going to need to move on. This is a seat that others, others had before me and... Now we're going to find out who will yeah. fill, who will fill we'll that fill seat it. in the exactly. future. That's right. Ooh. I feel like that we're, there's a lot of like just truth yeah. like being being talked about right now. And I, I'm overjoyed. I'm overjoyed. 
Well, I'm glad uh, my past mistakes can can help uh, future youth ministers. So I speak <laughs> out of all all the things that uh, maybe a youth minister shouldn't be doing. You uh-huh. know? <laughs> of course, I've I've learned a lot of lessons along the way, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about you know just just reaching out to my fellow youth ministers and checking in on them. And you know, I I, I sat with a, a youth minister uh, and I I shared with them the whole rundown of how to run a, a crab feed fundraiser, yeah. you know, in hopes that they could be successful too and try it out. You know, it's a lot of work, but <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. Speaking yeah. of um, what not to do yeah. in youth ministry, what are like, what are some tips? What are some, some things that you would, you would recommend yes. to not do or to, <laughs> to do? do? Yeah. Okay. One thing to do is set personal boundaries. Ooh, let's okay? talk about boundaries. Ooh. Yes. Youth ministers, you who are listening, Talking to you too. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> um, because it, ministry is a calling, it can be, um, but it's also a job. And mm-hmm. so it, it's so easy to to blur the lines between, oh, I, I need to not take a day off uh, so that um, we can do a Bible study or yeah. uh, this retreat, like, oh my gosh, I haven't done X, Y, and Z. So there's no way I'm going to take time off for myself this this week. Like that's unhealthy. And I, you know, so. all the youth ministers in the room, just raise your hand if you're guilty of it. I am. Okay, yeah. We're <laughs> all raising our hands, Weird. guys. <laughs> um, but realizing that, uh, with the understanding that it is a, a, a calling and maybe a temporary calling, um, like the world doesn't depend on you. So in a, in a, in some way, it's it's kind of a um, anti christian thing like it's almost saying i'm i'm god i'm the savior of this ministry and you have to humble yourself and realize that you like schedule out your days off yeah so with that kind of boundary and then also too like i i don't text anyone um anything works work related after 9 p.m you know my phone is on silent and i'm happy to do it you know not even my pastor unless it's like unless he calls like 10 times in a row which has never happened but like i i'm in off mode and um if it's not an emergency, then I we can live to figure it out tomorrow, you know? Love that. Um, Kevin and I, terrible at texting, love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing, I mean, there are a couple other things too with, as far as boundaries. I, I would say too in ministry, it, it can get really messy, mm-hmm. right? And when you're in ministry long enough, you're, you're, you've seen teens go through a lot of hurt and pain and suffering and their parents, like I remember one year, uh, it's my third year in ministry. Uh, we had one teen; she lost both of her parents in a scuba diving incident. Oh my goodness! And they were both drowned. And and I was invited to the funeral. Oh, no. Like here I am, like twenty three, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like trying to. Oh my gosh! Like this is both this, parents. Both parents. And so oh, I was in there. Um, you know, it was like an Orthodox Greek Orthodox service, and uh, just remember going into that service. Like, I mean, first of all, I didn't really know the teen, but at the same time, like how tragic. Like, of course, I want to be there. And, um, and then just to see, you know, the two caskets in the room and the hug, you know, it, it was just, it was an intense situation. And I think I took on too much emotionally that, Mm -hmm. um, didn't belong to me. So I would also say that be mindful of what crosses you are carrying in ministry. Most, most of the crosses of, of people you're around, like most of them, you're not meant to bear. Like you're, you're meant to maybe ease and comfort and, and, you know, and minister to, to, um, to the people around you, but, but not necessarily carry, you don't carry their cross. Yeah. You're, you're taking God's job of, uh, of bringing the healing. Maybe you can, you can relieve like Simon when he helped Jesus carry the cross just for a little bit, but then Jesus had to carry it the whole, 
the yeah. rest of the way. Yeah. That's that's a great image. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we've, there's several stories and, um, you know, you just, you just, you have to know those emotional boundaries as well. And, um, because if you don't, then, then you're, you're in ministry. You, yeah. It's, it is a messy job by, by, by its own nature. And that's how a lot of youth ministers burn out because they don't know how to process and handle that. Um, another big, big, uh, lesson that has helped me, um, in recent years is um, something I learned when I completed um, my leadership degree or management, management and degree. and um, so I was full time student while being full time ministry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, um, that's crazy. Dude. But one thing that I, I learned just on a professional level um, has to do with working with with your team and your staff and your core and parents mm-hmm. is that um, most of the time, if you ever are hurt by something that somebody said or did and you take it personally, if you're hurt by something, most of the time, 99.999% of the time, that person did not intend to hurt you, yeah. right? And like with that, like it's it's a lot easier to take with the attitude that, um, you know, not you don't have to take everything personally. And not only that, um, you know, especially when it comes to staff, like we're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. We all want to be successful. Therefore, um, you know, one staff member's success is everyone's success. With that attitude, that changes changes everything, really. Yeah. Right. Um, if you realize we're on the same team, like, if, okay, my business manager says I'm not allowed to spend money on X, Y. Well, that's because they're cons- they want to make sure that <laughs> we have enough budget in the mo- you know that we're spending responsibly according to our donations and what's come in. Um, and ultimately, like, I want my business manager be successful, you know, um, I want to check in with, with my front office staff, you know, um, we're all on the same team. And you know, what I've learned is that when you help others and maybe you're the first one in the, in to, to make the initiative, take the initiative, reach out, they're going to return that, that attitude, you know, uh, during my (laughs) month of January, it's an, it's an insane time for me because I did, uh, our annual fundraiser with, Mm -hmm. You know, we we raised eighteen thousand dollars <laughs> after expenses. So, dude, congrats! That's, and then, that's but awesome. But we also had so that's a big project. But but we had a weekend retreat right after. <laughs> wow! So, um, it was a lot of focus. Yeah. And I may have broken a few of my rules of not taking days off. You know, and that's bad, bad, Chris. Okay. <laughs> As we all do. Yes. Yeah. Not good, but yeah. But it happens. I had front office staff who they understood what was going on in the parish and youth ministry. And um, uh, my front office staff would come visit me and say, hey, what do you need? What can I do to help? Wow. You know, I say, oh, yeah, we need to make name tags. Can you do this? Or can you p- can put together the, the leader journals for me? Yeah, no problem. I got it, you know? That's amazing. So when we're on the same team, when you realize that, everybody's a winner. Amen, amen. Um, another question for you is, what is an encounter with the youth or if you have any encounter with the youth that changed your heart or changed the way that you you see or do ministry, mm. is there any specific specific youth? Yeah, several stories over the years, and okay. I wish I could you know share them all. But there's one in particular um, interaction I had when I was first a baby youth minister, 21, okay. 22. Mm. It's funny how much you know the church trusts and <laughs> places so much trust in yeah. a twenty-two year old. You know, oh, absolutely. Silly retreats and, and all that. But um, I remember at my first retreat, it was a middle school retreat. Mm-hmm. 
and I learned a lot of things. You know, that could be a part two. What, how to best prepare for a retreat? Oh, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> but we'll have uh, you back. <laughs> sure, I, I'll put together top 100 list. Um, but one interaction I remember, um, you know, middle school retreat, like, oh, I needed to go the way I think it's going to go, and that'll be successful. And of course, that's not what happened. God did his thing, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember, um, one, this one year we decided to have a split boys and girls session. Not something you normally do in middle school, but yeah. we figure, you know what? Let's let's Try challenge let's challenge their up. maturity. Let's 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 have a real brother brotherly talk. And um, uh, we we call those uh, bro. Um, what's it called? Uh, uh, manversations, <laughs> right? Okay. As a term coined by Andrew. And then um, and then the ladies have their their uh, their group talk. And we never really figured out one that just that sounds, you know. That rings like man conversation. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like always. Oh, we've tried lady lingo. Oh, okay, that's mm, not bad. Not bad. Chick chat, mm, probably not. Oh, you know, chick chat. Yeah. Interesting. So after we had the session um, for boys and girls, like I just remember, obviously, I was helping to facilitate the middle school boys, and I remember we were talking about things that we struggle with as men of God, even at a young age. Mm-hmm. And I remember the bravery of one young um, young person, and. Um, uh, this kid who, uh, he's no longer a kid, but we've I've walked with him for a long time. And I remember um, his dad was also on the leadership team. And just the courage of uh, of this eighth grade boy to come on up and ask for prayers for his struggle with, you know, um, uh, uh, lust and, um, you know, just, just those things. Like, yeah. and asking for the prayers, like, and to see his father come on up. And pray over, be the one to pray over him. Right then and there. Like, it was a beautiful thing to see. And uh, that led to um, a one-on-one after confession. Um, I don't remember if it was that retreat or if it was the one after. Just um, after he went to confession, he went and talked, said, he grabbed me, he said, we need it. let's talk, can we talk? You know, and um, we, I did really listening, most of the listening, and he was just sharing a lot of things that he was struggling with, um, this young man. and. Yeah. Um, I was just there to listen and and maybe provide at least a, you know um, direction as far as how to um, how to keep the faith strong and and what to do you know um, in the face of those those challenges and and who to, you know how to turn back to the Lord always pointing those conversations back to God. Yeah. Um, and I remember us sitting on a bench you know out in the field and um, I had the courage to like after the one I want to say hey can I pray over you. You know, and um, he said yes. And uh, after that, that one-on-one and that retreat, um, I just remember him being so on fire, not just for his own faith, but for his family, that he had come to me asking to help him and his dad do like a Bible study for Lent. Whoa. Whoa. And and I remember that's the Holy Spirit on fire. Oh yeah, I remember. You know what? Absolutely. Come meet meet us. Meet me before the Life Teen Mass or 6 p.m. Mass. We're gonna do a thirty-minute Bible study together, and Amen. and for me that opened my eyes to one like the the you know never underestimate that potential of a of a young person to evangelize their family, mm. right? And then number two, how important it is to bring the family along the journey, like the parents. Yeah, you know, um, it used to used to be that I thought parents were an obstacle to doing ministry, right? I think that was an eye-opening experience, and I realized, and even more so when I was at St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, that ultimately, and at the end of the day, the parents parents really 
do value the faith formation of their children. But more more these days is they don't know how to do it. Mm. And they're looking to youth ministers for help. Yeah. And they need empowerment and they need encouragement. So that's why, you know, a lot of my passion now is to bring parents in along the journey. Amen. Um, let them help lead retreats and see what what it's all about or do family events, you know? So um, I think that was a very impactful ongoing interaction, mm-hmm. mm. um, not just with that young man, but also like with his dad and his mom, getting to know them along the way, and then the conversations we've had from there, you know? So oh, um, That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's one of many, though. many. I wish I could share with you so, uh, so many other stories, but... When you're back, when you're back. <laughs> <laughs> God willing. Amen. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. So um, the podcast is coming to a close, but before we end it, we want to bring back our beloved segment, 200 Deep Questions. So as you know, you pick a number between one and 200 and we read the corresponding question. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Do you have a number? Has anyone picked the number 23? I don't believe I don't think so. so. Okay, that's my number. <laughs> it's a little funny. Oh, no. So number 23 asks, what do you think of best friends of the opposite sex? It could be great. Amen. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just Wait, you should leave that in. I know. <laughs> can you can you elaborate? Do you do, 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 do you believe that there's ever any issues when it comes to best friends of the opposite sex? This is like when Harry met Sally. Have you seen that? I have not. I have not, but, but I've I've heard of it. So when in met, when Harry met Sally, I think that's where this question stems from because they make a bold statement that um boys and girls, men and women can't be best friends and just friends that they'll always be that eventually one will develop feelings for the other exactly mm. see i don't i call me uh what's the word um innocent but you're naive naive yes yeah. i've i've been known growing up as to be very naive okay mm. a lot of stories but i i don't see i could see having an, a best friend of the opposite sex and i could see that being a very fruitful relationship i don't yeah. you know i i in fact that's the way i treat my fellow youth ministers as brothers and sisters you know mm. um yeah. but from my point of view i don't i don't see why that wouldn't be a thing so you know saint, saint francis of assisi was with was saint best francis friends saint with claire? saint Clair. yeah i agree because i agree too i look at i mean kevin is one of my best friends mm. i look at him he is a brother yeah there is zero anything more than us just being close friends who are walking along this journey together mm-hmm. to to heaven like to our to our to our final home for our final mm-hmm. destination and so no i i think i think it, it is an outdated um idea that yeah. that the uh opposite sex can't can't be best friend no i completely agree like i think i think in this day and age like it's it's not a problem that for for men and women boys and girls male and female to to develop a friendship and to just foster that friendship and just be each other's best friends with no no underlying you know interior motives or anything like that yeah so, i don't i don't see why not that's and awesome I, I mean i also think like obviously there should be boundaries like as with any relationship whether it's someone of the same sex or opposite sex mm. because certain boundaries need to be in place unless definitely. it is with your spouse period most definitely um, that's a that's a mm-hmm. conversation but awesome bro Thank you. Thank you for your answer. Yeah, thank you guys. 
it so, really is an honor to be here. I, oh. um, you know, one of the reasons I, I, I I'm anxious. I, I get anxious a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a lot better at dealing with it now these days. But you know, I was anxious because I know um, what a quality podcast this is and what what fruit it brings to the diocese and how needed it is in this time. So um, I wanted to make sure what I had to offer was what you needed. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. brother, you, we're, we're very blessed to have you here. And thank you so much for discerning and for saying yes to our invitation. Um, and just your witness, just like we, what we were saying, we could talk to you for hours and just keep learning and growing as ministers just from your conversations. And it's amazing that you you have an amazing memory and you can, or you're able to absorb everything that you've done for these past 15 years, whether as a volunteer or as a official youth, like paid youth minister, um, whether it's your mistakes or your, um, your successes, it's just, um, you've got, you gathered everything you've learned and you're able to, to properly, you know, teach us. Yeah. And there's a desire to share with others to make others better for, for the good of the whole. Definitely. Um, and I also really appreciate the fact that we were able to have such deep intellectual and theological discussions throughout mm-hmm. this podcast. I felt it reminded me of of conversations I had in my religious studies courses in mm-hmm. college. Yeah. Where I was like, no, let's really dive into this and like, what does this all mean? And I, I mean, I yes, I give you crap for being a nerd, but it is said so endearingly. Oh, most definitely. Um, Proud of it. I love being challenged in that yeah. way, and like being challenged at a very intellectual level like okay no how do we actually think about this and what does that mean and what does that mean for our faith how does that affect our lives so i just want to thank you for taking us to that deeper level and serving as a witness to the fact that it doesn't have to be science or faith that it can be together and and they can they can add to one another and enrich one another and so thank you for that thank you chris I'm, i'm happy to offer just a little bit of my story Yes, we're, we're happy to hear it. If people want to connect with you, do you have any social media, Instagram, anything else you want to plug? Sure, I'm, I'm pretty active. So I have a Facebook, but uh, okay. ever since you stalked me on Facebook many years ago, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, fun fact, I've not changed my profile picture for maybe seven years now. Wow. So, okay. uh, and I've never desire to change it Uh and then uh my background banner too so i don't really post anymore although i do use it to uh for our our youth minister group um usually that's that's really the only thing and then to make sure my dad and mom aren't posting baby pictures of me all the time which (laughs) which they are um but i'm active on instagram okay and my personal account is uh smart one eight four eight now i gotta explain it's smart o-n-e got spelled out eight four eight not smart tone okay (laughs) So um, where did that where did that come from? So that was my original AOL Instant Messenger handle. Oh, all right, okay. oh. My, that was my screen name, and it was actually um, made and in class by a one of my childhood crushes. Oh, <laughs> so she made it, um, and, and that's uh, the tea, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, so, Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. So, okay, so that's okay. That's your, your personal. So that's one. personal, and then I do. Um, I actually have a ministry account for our mm-hmm. our youth, and it's um, H F Youth S J. Okay, that's um, that's usually we post things going on in ministry and what's happening. And here's my secret: I have not once ever posted on it. Do you give access to your leaders? Yes, my core team. I trust them to to use it in its fullness, and I trust them to use that account in whatever way they feel called. 
So yeah. I never really have to touch it, which is a beautiful thing. It's amazing. Um, and it, I do have a Twitter. Also, you just search Chris Marsich, search. although I don't post anything on that either. So okay. usually just to stock and, and all that. Sure. Oh, be nice, be nice. So we don't have a listener testimony this week, but if you would like to submit one, you can do so at the link in our bio on our Instagram. We love hearing from you guys. We love hearing your stories. We love hearing how God is moving in your lives, moving in your hearts. Um, please share the joys and triumphs with us. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. This has been Modern Day Disciples. Make sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at MDD Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at MDD Pod. Happy Sunday. And get your booty to, to church. Bye. Excuse me. Are you still here? What? You got to go home. I'm... Or, or, or you can hang out. I, I like friends. I like friends. Don't make me call your parents. Oh, call your rides. Call, call, call your parents. Are they here? Go home. Just go. Bye.